0: Gather round, take a seat, relax. It's the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avzon, right here on 101.9 High FM. This is one of my My name is Levi Avzon from Linksfield Shoal, and here we are on this beautiful Tuesday, Lagba Omer, 9th of May, and today, we're going to bring about Lag Omer. We're going to talk about Lag Omer, the incredible Chag, or as they say in Hebrew, Lag Sameach, um, a happy Lag Omer. Let's talk about this day and let's try to unpack some lessons for us in our day-to-day life. It's a basic principle in Jewish life that you learn from where you're at right? Jews all around the world. They go to Shoah on Shabbos morning, and through, by themselves, if they're learning throughout the week, they'll learn the Parsha of the week, the Torah reading of the week. There's a Torah, Parsha set, um, show each week with Rabbi Lipsker on Friday, where we unpack the Parsha. Why? Why not the Parsha of last week? What difference it is? Because Where you're at, that's the lessons you need to learn. So wherever you find yourself, whatever stage of the calendar, that's where you unpack the lessons. Pesach, you learn lessons from Pesach. Rosh Hashanah, you learn lessons from Rosh Hashanah. Wherever you're at, that's where you unpack. So today's Lag Amr. So we unpack Lagba Amr. We try to see, what can I take from this day? What's the message or one of its many messages? But first some history. If you've noticed, after a few weeks without, the uh, music, a cappella music, and uh, now we're back to real music in the, the um, in these hours. We're back to real music, especially today, like the Omer. And around the Jewish world, music is blasting. Why? Why is music blasting? Because a rabbi died. Are you kidding me? What does that even mean? So, here's lesson number one that I want to unpack with you about Lech About 1900 years ago, after the last temple was destroyed, we've had two temples, the Temple of Solomon, the Temple of Ezra and Ahemia, then rebuilt by Herod. There are two temples, both of them destroyed. The second one was destroyed in 70 common era. And um, not too long after that, Rabbi Akiva, who was alive during the destruction of the Temple, lost 24,000 students, the famous 24,000 students, of whom we know none of their names. We don't know any of their names. We know the names of the five remaining students, but we don't know who the the students who passed away was. And of the five remaining students... One of them was Rabbi Shimon Ben Yochai, Rabbi Shimon the son of Yochai, and he lived in the and passed away in the north. He's buried in Miron in Miron, which is about fifteen minutes outside of Tzfat, of Seifit. And he died on this day. So let's let's get our facts correct. You it's no secret, if you've been listening to the show for a while, that during the Omer, during these weeks between Hashanah and Kippur, sorry, between Pesach and Shavuot, during this time, we do acts of mourning, people will grow their hair, they won't listen to music. Why? Because 24,000 students died during this time. So we mourn for the 24,000 students who died. Then there were five students who didn't die. And one of them, who survived that original plague and ended up living a few years longer, or many years longer, ended up passing away, ended up dying, on this day of Bomer, And this day turned into a celebration. So his 24,000 friends who died, their death turned into a calamity. His death turned into a celebration. And today is... Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai's Yerzeit. It's The day he passed away, and somehow it's become one of the greatest days of celebration Jews around the world. When they went to shul this morning, they did not say tachanun. They did not say the prayers of confession and repentance, which means when we don't say it, that it's a it's a chag, it's a holiday. Why? Because a rabbi 1900 years ago plus minus passed away. So what's the message here? I don't get it. Is the death of his friends a tragedy and his death is a celebration? Why? So there are many answers to the question, but I want to start with a very basic answer that I uh, shared in Schull on Friday night. That released that I remember when it hit me a few years ago, just it brought a certain clarity. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, when he passed away, he taught that death isn't a tragedy. There is tragedy in the world, and death can be a tragedy, but he gave a different perspective on death. According to tradition, that's brought in the Zohar, Rabbi Shimon Bar told his students just before he passed away, when I die, I want you to celebrate. I want you to turn this day into celebration. Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai, the author of the Zohar, and a great mystic and great Talmudist, an incredible scholar, understood something about death. And that is that it's the end of one journey and the beginning of another one. But because he understood the soul, he understood that the soul is eternal. And that, yes, death is sad for those remaining, but fundamentally, death isn't a tragedy. Death is a transition. And the first lesson Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai is teaching us is simply to turn his day of death into a celebration. No other rabbi did so with as much success. Two thousand years after his passing, people climbed the mountain. Today there's hundreds of thousands of Jews in the north of Israel and Iran that are climbing the mountain to visit the grave of the sage. And he did a lot of incredible things, but I believe one of the most incredible things is he refrained death. He came and said, I know I'm dying, and I know you're going to miss me, but I want you to celebrate my life. And I believe that that lesson is timeless, especially when we live in a time where many people are Struggling with pain and tragedy. And we often have this narrative that pain, sadness, loss, sickness, it's all bad. It's all wrong. And of course we we pray for healing and we pray for an easier life, but I feel that the narrative that we have where death is just tragic, it's too simplistic. And where challenge is bad. It's too simplistic. But Shimon's telling us, see within the challenge light. Find a way to shine. Find a reason to celebrate. Light bonfires on my yard site. Celebrate my life. Learn lessons from who I am. And here it is. Thousands of years later, nobody commemorates the yard site, the day of passing, but pretty much... Almost any other sage of his time and before that, the single biggest day that celebrates the death of anyone in the whole Jewish calendar is Lag BaOmer. Isn't that fascinating? There are many reasons for that, but maybe first and foremost because he came and said, "I want you to celebrate my my life, not more my death," and that attitude itself it's worth celebrating. This is 101.9 Chai FM. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avton on 101.9 High FM. All those songs you were listening to is all about Rab Shimon. This is, as I said, it's quite a day. I would recommend that you just go Google Lagba Omer to research the day. It's quite a fascinating day in the calendar. Um, and I think it's it's the contrast, coming from a time of mourning, there are no weddings in the last few weeks, and the Omer continues for many after tomorrow, for the next two weeks. So it's like this break, in the middle of all this mourning, suddenly this day comes and says, go party, go light bonfires, go have music, go have weddings. Um, it's amazing. It's like the contrast. And what's the contrast? What stood up about Rabbi Shimon? Rabbi Shimon was the author of the greatest book of Jewish mysticism ever written the foundational book of all Jewish mysticism, the Zohar the Zohar literally means the the light, the shine the radiance an incredible uh, work that has stood the test of time, the truth is for many years after his passing the Zohar wasn't really renowned, it was kind of um, it never really made it out there, it was hidden away and it was only hundreds of years later that the Zohar actually Made it into the into the in, into the world, and eventually was published. And it was major controversy. Originally, where did this book suddenly come up from? And eventually, it was accepted by uh, the, the great mystics of the time that uh, this is Rabbi Shimon's work. <coughs> Sorry. So Rabbi Shimon had this incredible um, personality, where on the one hand he was a mystic. And usually mystics are esoteric, they're out there. When you think of a mystic, you don't think of a person that's very grounded in the real world, kind of a bit of an escapist. And yet he was very much not that. He was very much in this world, and specifically in the Torah world. Um, He's one of the most, if not the most quoted sage in the Mishnah, um, which is what the Talmud is based on. You open the Mishnah, you'll see the name Rabbi Shimon, a tremendous amount of times, and Stam Rab Shimon. Whenever it says Rab Shimon, it's Rab Shimon by Yochai. So this is a person who, on the one hand, was a a mystic. On the other hand, Halacha, Jewish life, um, and and Jewish law is very much somebody that's in this world. Now, I'll explain why for a second. Um, because Jewish law is very technical, and you have to understand the world you live in in order to really become an alakic authority um if you're a person that's a bit more like a, you know not grounded so you, obviously you could follow jewish law but you won't be able to really master it because it's very much someone that's technical oriented and 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 is in this world and he mastered that and on the other hand he mastered mysticism and there was that dual um, role where he shined in both, that I believe is one of the reasons that he has stood the test of time more than most of his colleagues. Um, you know, m- many of his colleagues we know where they're buried. I mean, even his teacher, the famous Rabbi Akiva, we know where he's buried. He's actually buried not too far from Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon's buried in Iran, and about forty-five minutes away from there, in the city of Tiberia, Tiberius, maybe even a bit closer, is Rabbi Akiva. And people go to Rabbi Akiva's grave. Um, but not nearly at the at the level and the popularity and the scope of his students, Rabbi Shimon. And many other great... I mean, in the Tveria, you also have the famous Rabbi Meir. Stamped Mishnah with Rabbi Meir. Whenever there's a a Mishnah, whenever there's a piece in the Mishnah, which is, as I said before, is a foundational text of the Talmud, and whenever you have a text there that doesn't have a name, just as an opinion, it's Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir is is probably the most... um, quoted in the Mishnah, not by his name, because I said often it doesn't say his name, but still, he's one of the great sages. He's known as Rabbi Meir Balhanes, Rabbi Meir, the man of miracles. And people go to him, and you might even have seen tzedakah boxes all around that are in the honor of Rabbi Meir Bal Rabbi Meir, the, the miracle man, there's various miracles that are told about him, and therefore he's given that name. And his, his graves also visited in Tiberias, in Tiberia, but still not at the scope there is no other place in Israel other than the Kotel that gets the numbers that Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai gets and again you don't have to take my word for it you just Google it um, it's just throughout the year people go there and on Umar, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people go there, it's an incredible um, part of um, many people's life who live in the Holy Land who spend time there and he's not exactly easy to access. He's up north, you know, unlike the Kotel of Jerusalem, which is close to the center of Israel, or some would say in the center. this quite up there. It's a good two-and-a-half, three-hour drive without traffic from the center. And yet people cl- will go up there and thousands of buses going up, bringing people who just want to go to this land. And I, again, I believe the reason that he's resonated so strongly with so many people um is just this incredible narrative of on the one hand being such an incredible sage in the practical in the day-to-day living of a Jew, and on the other hand so such a master of the mysticism, of seeing the world from the outside in rather than from the inside out. Right? Jewish mysticism, Kabbalah allows you to see it's almost like the physics, right? It's like so, like, uh, trying to understand the contrast. It's a bad analogy, but imagine a physicist who's also an incredible mechanic. <laughs> it's, it's usually not the same character. And over here, Rav Shimon, just incredible, um, character. And as I said before, also his attitude to death and the fact that he chose to tell his students before he died, please celebrate. And let's be clear, Shimon didn't live through a glorious time. He lived through a very difficult time. After the destruction of the second temple, the Jews were persecuted in the Holy Land for hundreds of years by the Romans. Eventually, most of them left. It was just unsustainable. The Jews who had, you know, been exiled or moved east, northeast to Babylonia, to Iraq, Iran, that area, they didn't have it easy, but much easier than what their Brethren who stayed in Israel had, those who stayed there were persecuted. Even Rabbi Shimon himself had to hide for 12 years in a cave because his life was threatened. He was told, you know, there was literally a, an execution order against him simply for one time sitting with his friends and he spoke against the Romans and notes of the meeting, the minutes of the meeting came out and the Romans, by the way, set Rabbi Shimon to death and he had to, he had to hide with his son, Elazar he for many, many years, 12 years in a cave. Um, it, it wasn't a garden of roses. It was a very, very hard life and incredible persecution. And in there, um, Rabbi Shimon was able to master and study and make such an impact. And I think it's a very powerful message in that. And that is often when we talk about the great leaders of the past, when we talk about, you know, people we admire from history. There's often this fantasy that, you know, like, oh, this leader must have just lived a a rosy life and therefore they were able to rise to the occasion. No, 99% of the time, if not 100% of the time, these leaders lived through incredible challenging times. And it was in the challenge they shined, not despite the challenge, but often because of the challenge that they were able to absolutely shine. And great leaders are not made despite tough times, but because of them. And we can all become great. We can all become great. Maybe we don't have the intellectual capacity of some of these great sages. We maybe don't have the spiritual capacity. But the famous story that need, needs to be repeated about Rabbi Zusha, a sage who lived much longer after Rabbi when he only lived about 200, 250 years ago. Rabbi Zusha Vanipel, you said that when he comes to heaven, God's gonna, not going to ask him, why weren't you as... Great as Moses or as great as Abraham, Abraham, he's gonna say, Zusha, why weren't you Zusha? Why weren't you who you are? So when we talk about these great leaders and we learn uh, the stories about them, it's not about saying, okay, I could become them. I don't have to become them, I have to become me. They have to become a much better version of me. Right today, when you say be yourself or just embrace who you are, uh, I think it's a, a silly narrative. There's parts of us that we shouldn't fully embrace. We should acknowledge it. We don't have to hate it, but we have to grow from it, right? If Let's say I'm a very uh, angry person. I don't have to embrace and say, hi, I'm Levy, and I have, I'm an angry person, and I'm okay with it. No, I'm an angry person, and I'm working on it. Um, we have to grow. We have to become the best versions of ourselves. And that's really what we take the inspiration from this day and from any day is be better. Not be like them. Learn from them how to be better versions of ourselves. This is 101.9 Chai FM. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 Chai FM. So this is 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avtson. We're coming towards the end of the show. That was Happy Days. I just love that song. Um, just this nice message that happy days are coming. And I think that's also one of the messages of Lagba Omer, that Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, with his incredible uh, attitude about death, about life, It offers a very optimistic message. The Zohar Jewish mysticism gives a whole different perspective on life. It opens our eyes to a a brighter way of seeing reality. That's really what Shimon's uh, gift to the world was, a deeper way of seeing reality, a deeper way of appreciating reality, seeing everything from a fresh perspective, from a fresh lens. And that's the challenge to each and every one of us, to not get locked into narratives that are self-defeating right? If everyone would, um, if we're looking for excuses why to see the world through dark, miserable eyes, chances are we can find. But the courage today is to remain somebody that's positive. Call it optimist, don't call it optimist, who cares? Someone that's positive, someone that believes that this world isn't random. That's fundamentally what the difference. It's to believe, that's something Rav Shimon taught extensively in the Zohar, to see God's hand in everything. To see Hashem's hand in everything. Maybe you don't understand why he's doing it, but you know that it's him. You never feel that this world is random. This world isn't random. It's not a jungle. It's not chaos. It's not just happenstance. It's not something, you know, my, my own teacher, Lobai Utsh Rebbe, would say often, the world is not a jungle. Right? Just came back from the jungle last week. South Africans love it. You drive in the Kruger. And you see randomness. You see animals being animals. You see nature being nature without any human interference. There's something very beautiful about it. But that's not a way for humans to live. It's a nice place to go escape from life. But this world isn't random. And the truth is, even the jungle, what you just spoke about, is not random either. Everything's by design. The Tov taught, one of the great mystics and great teachers of Jewish history, taught that even a leaf that falls down is designed by God. Where it falls down and why it falls down, nothing's outside God's purview. Nothing outside His control and His wish. There's a there's everything's godliness. Everything is perfect. Everything is um, exactly the way it needs to be. There's nothing random about this world, and that's really the way to live each and every one of us, with a perspective that says nothing, absolutely nothing is random, and to believe. That's really the message of Lagma like, Omer, the message of every day. To believe in God's incredible hand, and to know that I'm in safe, right? I'm in safe hands, because God knows what's best. And I'm at peace with that. This is 101.9 Chai FM. This is the Febringan with Rabbi Levi Avtzon on 101.9 Chai FM. This is 101.9 Chai FM. And before we finish off with another amazing song, just want to wish each and every one of us that we should have light in our lives, that we should see the beautiful light, um, the light of Torah, the light of clarity, the light of... A clean heart right a clarity of mind clarity of heart in other words to, that we should think right that we should feel right that we should do right that we should live up to our greatest potential um, to remember that we're created by God and therefore we have godliness within us and godliness is infinite and each one of us has an infinite potential for goodness kindness for overcoming our struggles, we're bigger and greater than we think. And it's not a idea of like, you know, psychology, um, it could be psychological, but it's not it's not just like a nice motivational idea. It's real stuff. In other words, to really, really integrate this idea that uh of modani that we say each morning, God, thank you for believing in me. Rabbi, Ramunaseha, how great's your faith in me. If we could integrate that and we could realize that, uh, we were created to to really live up to our the, the, the incredible greatness that's within us. And greatness doesn't necessarily mean famous. It doesn't mean that we're going to be popular. It doesn't mean that we're going to become the group, the best thing ever. It just means to be a better, wholesome, holier version of ourselves. Let's do our best in doing that, and let's finish off with some beautiful music from. Matt Dubb, Mordechai Shapiro, Benny Freeman, L'Chaya Lamim. It's a short song, but it's definitely in to get you for the vibe. Have a great one.